Everyday triumphs, extraordinary outcomes, a space where narratives connect. This is the Big Idea Box podcast. Born at the Lot Miami, this podcast invites all entrepreneurs to share, support, and empower. Food Speaker Series is a monthly hands-on discussion with local entrepreneurs who share the secrets of their success and failures. This monthly event takes place at the Lab Miami, helping Miami startups as well as entrepreneurs understand the opportunities alongside the challenges of launching and growing a business. We're sharing these amazing stories that provide new ideas and key practical advice to advancing one's own entrepreneurial career. Brain Food is brought to you by Endeavor Miami in partnership with the Lab Miami, Lab Ventures, Knight Foundation, and Startup FIU. Romero Brito is an international artist that uses vibrant, bold, and colorful patterns to reflect his optimistic view of the world around him. His playful themes and hard-edged compositions, combined with his unique talent, unshakable resolve and belief in his art has granted him worldwide recognition with exhibitions in galleries and museums in over a hundred countries and counting. Moderated by Laura Maiden, former managing director of Endeavor Miami, she's a business executive with experience in sales, product and business development, mergers and acquisitions, investor relations, and private equity within multinational environments. Without further ado, Let's dive in. So, so as you can see, he is a very prolific artist and we're super excited to have a conversation today with him. So Romero, one of the questions I had uh, for you that we briefly see in the video is you were born in Brazil, but you are also sometimes describe yourself as, as Miami made. So, how did you come to Miami and you know, how do you keep both as your home? Because I know your heart is also in Brazil probably as well. Well, I came to Miami actually by plane. No play long, I'm just joking. Uh, no, I came uh, to Miami because I came to visit a friend of mine. And uh, I love so much Miami and uh, I went to Europe and then I come back. And I, I'm, I'm here ever since, so. And when was, when do you think with that defining moment when you realized that you had talent as an artist, was that when you sold your first piece? Was it after, you know, when was that realization? You know, I have to tell you this. I never keep thinking about talent or anything. I just go to my soul, to my heart. And, um, you know, and I can understand today, you know, seeing so many young, men and women, you know, trying to do something with their work, with their art, because you always be judged all the time. And of course, I don't care anymore what people, you know, say about my art, you know, if they're gonna go and be a negative one. But uh, there was time that, you know, I used to, used to be really, you know, because you keep thinking, oh my God, what I'm doing is interesting, you know, what? You can always keep, like, thinking about other people say, especially when you're super young, guys who grow older, you forget about that. You don't care anymore. So, um, but, you know, I never told myself I'm a talented guy or not. I just do my art. I don't, you know, I don't keep thinking about that, you know? So, work from the heart, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I don't keep thinking about I'm this or I'm that. I just go to the studio, do my art, and there's tons of people there who want to support what I do, and I'm very blessed that I have that. Um, you mentioned that some of your, you know, your central themes or topics are hope and happiness. And interestingly enough, I think we're in um, at a time where wellness and happiness have become more um, popular, so to speak. But you've been doing this for many years, so you know, how do you think your work contributes to to that, to hope and happiness? I mean, I hear people saying, you know, through the years that my art makes them feel happy and make them feel good and they like to, every time they look at the art, my work, they feel like happy or, you know, and just, you know, and I see families coming together to discuss about my art 
to exhibitions and you know in so many places and and it's pretty amazing because you know I, I, I was hearing more and more and more people telling me that and um, um, I've been very you know blessed that you know somehow I'm interested in creating images like I do because a lot of time you know someone may have a very turbulent life and uh, in particular artists they express themselves in a very you know sometime you know I'm not you know I'm open I'm not criticizing no other artists but you know they end up creating you know something like very bizarre very crazy that you know I, um, I myself you know I you know I've, I'm scared about even to watch television see the news because it's kind of freaky but so you know I've been very lucky that people relate to what I do basically and and interestingly enough, I mean, you brought, um, you know, art and business together through companies acknowledging your art and, you know, we saw a lot of uh, uh, companies using your artwork for their products. So, um, have you, did you think about that? How do you think about collaborations and who do you work with, uh, you know? I think because, you know, I always want to share my work with a lot of people. And I had an open mind for such thing, so I'm sorry I'm giving my back to you guys. But uh, so I think because you know I've been open to share my work with so many people, I uh, I was able to work with companies that they have interesting people as well, and then they reach out artists that has the same kind of language. They want to reach out people, and I you know I'm very happy that I. You know, I have incredible people collecting my art, but I also I have millions of people out there that somehow they know about my art and they can participate somehow in my work. Not necessarily buying an original painting, but they can buy like they can collect like a smaller little guy like this size. You know, if it's gonna be in Disney Park, if it's gonna be a bag, or well, it can be anything. You know, and I've done that, and uh, and that's why I've done project with Coca-Cola with so many other companies from. You know, the biggest company to, you know, companies that not too many people know, like in Korea or in Japan or in China, which I do a lot of projects in Asia as well. And um, I know um, you briefly told me about some recent collaborations, uh, important ones, like the one with Carlos Slim and Grupo Carso. Can you share a little bit uh, about, you know, what's next in this year? What, have, what are you working? Yes, uh, I, you know, I have so many collectors and uh, Carlos Lim and the entire family have been really huge support of my work and several times, you know, he mentioned Romero, your work would be amazing closing. So I you know I'm gonna come out this year in the fall with a line with the, the closing line, apparel, all kind of stuff that's coming out um, uh, produced and managed by the group of Carso and I'm really excited about because they're gonna reach out so many people. It's gonna be amazing. And this is it's gonna be a it's a very long uh, partnership. I've done so many projects with a lot of companies. Most of the project is always like, you know, one project. This is a very long one, which for me is, is wonderful. And, uh, you know, Carlos Lim and the entire family, they have a huge appreciation for the arts and, and they love my work. They, you know, every time they come to Miami, they come to visit my studio and, I, you know, I go to Mexico quite a lot as well. So it's really, I'm very happy about it. It was the best thing that happened last year and uh, I signed this deal. Um, with the, the group of Carso, and uh, so um, sometime in the fall, uh, things are going to start coming out. So, so can't wait. We will be waiting for for that. And um, another new project, which has which is related to education, I thought it was very interesting. It's a new TV show, right, that you mentioned. So, what's what's that about? And you know, I think that it would be interesting to hear now as an artist, given the change in technologies. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, it was amazing because many years ago I met this producer, and uh, and now we're gonna be doing a great project, and it's gonna be a television show for for children. And um, I'm working with uh, it's called Gray Matters from California, and then Nirvana they do the animation, so it's gonna be a television, you know, for children and all kind of stuff that's coming out. So. And this is going to be for 2018, 19. That's coming out. So, uh, so just please, you know, if you watch television, if you have children, <laughs> grandkids, or 
I'm sure they have kids here, like people here would have grandchildren or children or who have babies or something like that. So, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, there's not so much for me to say, but for sure my dog is going to be part of the, the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. And she's very excited, just for you guys to know. Yeah. She acted right like a superstar, right, Catherine? Yeah, she does, yeah. Um, changing a little bit of, you know, topic, um, very important part of your work is also your, you know, philanthropic work. And, you know, at Endeavor, we believe and support, in our case, entrepreneurs that give back and, and we foster a paid-forward model. So tell us about that philosophy. Who do you like to help? Why, you know? You know, I, early on, I started learning when I moved to U.S. because in Brazil, now, that's more popular. People are, like, work with charity organization. A lot of time, countries in Latin America and other countries in the world, they leave everything for the, the government to take care of everything. And then the, the people in the community, they don't. There's much, but moving to the U.S., I, it's been like an amazing experience because I learned that people, if they go through any difficult time or anything unusual, you know, they end up you know, starting a foundation, they help, they they give to the community, like here in Miami, you turn around, you see buildings like Miami Beach, the, the uh, New World Symphony. I mean, there's so many people in this town and in the country that they give it back. I definitely got it very inspired, and as I was being asked to be part of an organization to help, and I saw the results of my art turning to something, helping people that I don't necessarily know, necessarily know, or people somewhere in the world and it was such a great feeling early days you know here in Miami to know that I could turn you know a piece of art and helping somebody so that made me, me very happy about it and excited about working more I work with a lot of organization and uh, sometime I end up working a lot more my staff got very worried because I'm you know I put a lot of effort on that and uh, and I had to do my work for the galleries, for the collectors that, you know, they're waiting for my art. But it's a great feeling. I'm very thrilled. I'm very uh, thankful and blessed that I'm able to do that and raise lots of money toward a lot of organizations, yes. And uh, I think, you know, uh, I, uh, I think it's important that anybody, if you can do something, you, you know, you do something. And, um, and I think, uh, and, and that's why, you know, U.S. has been very successful with that because, you know, when you make your community, you know, better, you help, you know, people say, you know, we, we want you here. And I see other countries out there, there, there are people so successful and they got education in other part of the world and go back to their countries and, and because they don't help their community and then the people end up turning around and say, you know what, you gotta go. And then there's a lot of issues out there because of that, because people are not caring about the community, about their country, and then they have a lot. And, uh, and somebody come and offer something new, and then they go for it. Like what's happening in Venezuela. I don't know if there's any Venezuelan people here, but I have friends of Venezuela, you know, so wealthy that, you know, they never even live in there, you know, because but there was their country. I'm not criticizing any Venezuelan people here, but. But, you know, I mean, you know, this, that was, and now look at what happened now. It's really bad. It's terrible. But people need to care for where they come from and, and help, especially if they can. I mean, they tons of money out there. Right. So um, when I meet entrepreneurs that are creative, and I know you consider yourself an artist, uh, but uh, you have grown. Uh, a, a very prolific uh, artwork, and that requires also probably a team. So, how do you think of the people that you surround yourself with, and you know, how do you leverage your strengths and those of your team, if, if, if you will? You know, I definitely have an open mind. I usually like to meet people that are very interesting, you know, in doing something, you know. And a lot of time, you know, the arts attract people that they like the idea of being around the arts because it's fun. There's always a party. It's those interesting people. But I definitely like the idea of having people that really want to work and do something unique, you know? And uh, you never know, because sometimes people come, they get very excited, they're like a firework that is out there, like, but then like, 
you know, after the first interview, the first week, everything settled down and come to work and they say, oh my God, they don't realize it really worked. But, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I, I try as much as possible. I keep my mind open and, uh, you know, I try to give as much as opportunity as you only know when you get somebody. It's, it's not like a marriage, but kind of it, you know, because, you know, people working the every day, you know, making sure that you do your job, they show up on time, that you do your, what you have to do, you, you know, you know, things that has to be done and, you know, but, um, you know, it's very important to get good people because, you know, they, you know, if they do a good job, everybody wins, you know, but if you have a team and they're here one or two that doesn't do a good job, you know, like, you know, like five o'clock is home and take off, arrive on time and leave on time. They, you know, they just like, it's really, I, I don't know, I, for me, I, I can't take that. <laughs> Work ethic, right? Very important. Um, so no, I do, I have a very funny story about work ethic. I had this guy that came to see me. I don't know if you know uh, um, uh, Dan Gilbert. I don't know if you know Dan Gilbert. <coughs> he started a company uh, that's called Quicken Loans. So he came to see me and we were talking about that actually, about people um, that want to go to heaven without going to hell first. And, uh, but you had some time to go to hell, not dead, but alive. So it's like really working because if you don't work, unless you, you're born like super wealthy and you're lucky to just have super rich friends or marry somebody super rich or whatever. But you know, if you want to be really successful, you need to work. Not only smart, but really work too, so. So with, with the work in mind, and uh, as I mentioned before, given everything that's changing so fast and technologies and new trends, is there anything that keeps you up at night? Do you worry at all? Or you, are you just the same person focusing on, you know, painting what you like? Uh, you know, I paint what I like, you know, so that, that's it, you know, I let people, other people worry of other things because even though technology it's some this amazing world that everything happens so fast, I still think the more away from we are from things that's done by hand or and I'm not saying technology that does not handle brain, but you know, the more people's gonna give more value for something that is there that somebody's standing in front of it, you know. Um, not necessarily a machine. I think, you know, uh, there'll be always a space for someone appreciate something that was hand on, you know, like by a person, you know, there, and uh, like a letter, and you know, a note or a card. I mean, I think anybody that get a card or a note and written by somebody would appreciate it very much. And uh, the same thing about is a painting, a painting, a sculpture. You know, people are gonna appreciate that. So you know, and I, you know, I, I use my hands creating those pieces and. So I, uh, I think there'll be always some, somebody somewhere in the world, you know, that will appreciate that and there's tons of people. And I think, you know, with India and China, there's so many, you know, new um, places, you know, new, we call markets, you know, for everything. When you think about middle class in India, so it's bigger than North America. So there's so many people out there wanting to, to appreciate and to live with something unique and special and they'll pay for it, so. Um, as you know, in the past years, as, as you've been producing your work, um, is there any challenge that, you know, think, you think shaped who you are as an artist? Challenge, now tell me again. Wait, what? A challenge that you've overcome as you were, you know, as your work was being demanded. And you I think the biggest team. challenge is about, I have a great team but it's always to find great and great, great people. That's the challenge to find people out there. And you had to go and spend time, interview, and this and that. Because everything that you wanted to do, you need people, you know? You cannot, you can just get machines to do it. You need people, and people is like the most valuable, you know, thing that you can get in an organization if you don't have your great team. So I'm constantly looking for, to find people you know, to have people around, yeah, good people, it's very important. That's the most challenging. 
Thank you. Um, you've been in Miami for a long time, and we've seen Miami change um, a lot in you know in the art. In my in, my, in our case, we see it on the entrepreneurial world most recently, but art definitely has changed. How do you see Miami? How do you think it will evolve? What do you think it's unique about Miami? Uh, I think about Miami that it's different from any other city in America in the world is that it's a city that has this amazing going to be for a long time until it loses that. It's the feeling of new and exciting because a lot of people come from all over to here and then there's tons of water and you can feel like having a vacation just get in your car and go for a ride. The spirit is like very special. And, uh, and a mix of this with all the success of Miami, with all this amazing you know, new you know, organization moving to Miami, all the arts and so anything happening and people living full time in here. So that is exciting. I, I see a beautiful and bright future of Miami and I'm really happy to be here, part of this community and the city. Great. I'm just going to check with the audience if you have any questions for Romero or we, that we can continue. Okay, yeah. Um. How are you, Romero? My name is Francisco Martinez. I'm with the Council of the Americas. We're proudly supporting the great speakers here tonight, as many of the great initiatives of Endeavor Miami and La Miami. Uh, I'm a personal admirer of your work. And my question relates uh, as an organization, we promote economic and social development in the region and also cultural um, awareness of our culture. And my question relates to this idea of diplomacy through art. Uh, and I mentioned earlier the uh, impact that the Venezuelan crisis and other things that have happened recently in our region. I was wondering if that somehow plays with how you paint or your, your ideas or your, your artwork in general, uh, how that plays in, or is it something that you could try to keep separate? I mean, I think there's two ways that someone can, you know, uh, see and feel, express what's going on in the world. One is going to be for you to create images the same and tell people um, what's happening, uh, you know, across the street or across the world or not far from here, from Miami, Venezuela. But, you know, now we have images huge amount of images that you can see on television. Just turn off your phone and you can see everything. So I myself as an artist, I hope that I'm gonna, you know, bring something different. I would bring something that can inspire somebody and say, you know what, tomorrow will be better, you know? If you listen to music and you feel inspired because I think, you know, even myself, I'm, you know, a very sort of self-motivated person. But there's days it's really difficult for myself. I can only imagine a person that doesn't have, you know, what I do have, a place I can go paint and I have music and, uh, and all of a sudden my mind goes somewhere else. You know, somebody that, let's say, is like cleaning the streets here in Winwood. In the morning I see this lady, you know, how, you know, I'm not saying that she's not going to be inspired, but it can go all the way down that somebody cannot even rise. So, you know, I, I do believe that we need more images and and news of hope that people feel there's hope and then they can dream about something because once you stop dreaming that something can change and then it's all it's kind of over at least for that person but one person can make a huge change also you know so you know i definitely not gonna create images to repeat what is happening with as well i every time i see something like that i hope that you know it's going to be over soon and, uh, and i hope that my art can inspire somebody to do something to help, you know, and to make a change. Anyone else? Um, okay, back there and then. When did you feel that you had succeeded financially in your career? Oh my God, geez. <laughs> you know, what happened is that, you know, my success was not like winning the lottery. Because a lot of time, or getting married. Because a lot of time, people say, you know what? I win the lottery, boom, you got married. And then, as I said, things change really quickly, rather quickly. But it's been a lot of work. So, you know, it's not like I don't appreciate, but everything comes like installments, you know what I mean? It's like, 
not for me like totally normal, but you know, I wake up in the morning and I go to do my art. You know, other people are thinking, oh my God, Romero lives at the Four Seasons. Wow, it's unbelievable. But I wake up early in the morning and go to work. You know, I mean, all my amazing friends that I have and all the places that I go and everything. You know, this is for me, like, I work really hard. I'm, I'm really into my work. I'm not into thinking like, you know, other people like, you know, or the money part of it. You know, basically the money go to bank accounts, that's it. And I just go and do my art. So I don't stop thinking about that. I guess my question is a little bit related. I'm sorry. No, a little bit related to what she asked you, but it's more personal. When did you feel you were going from an artist to a famous artist? When did you feel that? Oh, I never <laughs> thought that. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I never. I, I just do my art. You know, I've been very lucky and blessed that people are interested in what I do, but I think this is more in other people's head, not my head, so I just do my art. It's funny because I, I was uh, uh, with Carlos Lim and he told me something that, you know, I had to share with you and say, Romero, you will ride, because in my mind I haven't arrived. And he said, Romero, you will ride, you are in this boat. Yeah. This is very um, obviously, you've had some amazing successes, and you have a really interesting story. As you kind of look back at events, monuments, what are what do you think the thing you're most proud of is? You know, what moments most proud, and, and do you have any regrets? Uh, it was two projects that I did. One was I created several paintings inspired in education for United Nations at the turn of the millennium. You know, Kofi Annan wanted to promote education, and I think education is everything. So if you have education, you can change your life, you can change community, you know. Who knows, a person can change the world. But uh, that's education. I, I was very happy and proud that I did that set of uh, paintings and they became stamps. And then the other one was when I did the Pyramid Hyde Park, which was the largest installation of the park. And it was amazing. It took me an entire year to work on that. And it was really awesome. And regrets. And is there anything that you look back and you regret? No. I don't usually think about negative things. Usually keep thinking about good things. Like all the time. If something bad comes, it's like, okay, let me think about something else. Put the music on, I go and paint it, and I forget about it. So, Roberto, um, obviously you have a good track record of having good partnership. Obviously, talking about Carlos Lean and some corporate events. So, I'm sure you have some new proposals on the play, like you said about the, the, the TV show. But can you walk us through the process of deciding those strategic partnerships that you want to pursue? And what drives that decision? Is it more the people that you're interacting with or a, a specific objective that you have in mind? Just how do you think who you want to work with? It's very simple. Only work with the best. It's so easy, you know? So, so if you're going to do like the best, you know, the most successful vodka, I work with the best successful vodka, most successful, everything. So. I've been very lucky. On, on that, as a follow-up, how do you plan for your next few months? I mean, are, when you're thinking of your work, do you think of topics, do you think of you know, companies, yeah. do you think, how, how do you? Yeah, I have, I have commission for me to do until like two years from now. So it's a lot of work for me to do it. And then I, I cannot say no, and that's why like, you know, I look exhausted right now. But I'm very happy. <laughs> She's saying no and she knows it. So. Thanks, Catherine. I appreciate it. She's a big fan here. I'm, I'm a fan of hers as well. But, you know, um, but I think it's good to be busy than not to be busy. And, uh, you know, I have friends of mine that give me books saying how to say no. So. Uh, Romero, my name is Jarvis. I'm from Trade Yourself in Moscow, Brazil. And uh, how did you, uh, who influenced your art? Uh, which artist influenced your art? And the second question is, did the commercial aspect, did you search for the commercial aspect or the sponsorships and the licensing came to you? Okay, uh, the first one, which one was again? Uh, who inspired you? Oh, who inspires me? Okay. Um, growing up in Recife, there was this artist, it's still alive. His name is uh, Francisco Brenna. Actually, the, the Bacardi building here has a huge mural of Brenna. 
and now is in Young and Arts. And uh, so I always love his work and the fact that he could share his work with so many people in different forms, sculptures and murals. So I grew up seeing that there, the art in there and I was like, oh wow, it's amazing. But when I moved to US, I saw another Brenna, which was Andy Warhol and Keith Haring. And I was fascinated by the fact that he made art so accessible to people and fun also. It was not a lot of drama, it was just about fun. And then I, I love this artist and I, I know so many other artists like Keith Haring and the world who wrote Sustanis, the list goes on of artists that I uh, admire and I respect. And he did an incredible contribution you know, to the world and, um, and to so many artists as well, you know, they did those artists. And, um, and the second one that you asked me, which was? Commercial aspect. Oh, the commercial aspect. I'm sorry, I think I'm really tired. Um, you know, I've been very lucky that a lot of people came to, to ask me to do projects and, uh, and so many people that want to do stuff with me and I've been very lucky on that. You know, people come and ask me to do it. It's a little bit, it's funny because sometime ago a person asked me something like what you asked me. But imagine if you are a mother or father that people want to come and say, I want to have a baby from you, but I want to adopt. The baby is done the same way. So, you know, unless it's done like in a, in a, in a lab, at least for me, when I create my art, they all come from the same source, from my heart. And I, you know, I, I don't see like doing, like let's say when I did the Rolls Royce, if I did a, a, the art for the car or the art for, to hang on a the wall, they're all the same, I mean, come from the same place. And I, everything comes from a painting, just for you to know. Everything comes from a paintings. Yeah, from paintings. So I have some follow up to that. So I was in Cuba and it was very interesting to come across artists who have never had, for sure not any but also don't have any real connection of the monetary value okay. of what they're creating. So I'm just curious on your opinion on that about when an artist enters into society where things are mission or monetary value is kind of the, the driver. Do you think it's somewhat of the same question, but do you think it changes what you're going to create? Do you know, in my case, no. But maybe in the mind of somebody else, you know what I mean? Let's say if an artist does something very violent, but for some reason the CEO of a company wants to have him to do something very sweet and put like hearts and flowers. So now the guy has to like, you know, need to kind of go to a whole new direction. Like I have a friend of mine that he likes movies. He's, a, uh, he's an actor and then, but he does movies very dramatic. And I told him the other day, because every time he does a movie, it doesn't go well. And I was like, maybe you should do something that more people would enjoy because I think parents, a mother, I mean, which crazy mother would take a child to see a movie violence? So now the mother can go with the children, with the husband, be a family thing. And that's why there's more movies that family, family movies that family goers go, turn out to be more successful because there's more people to go. You know, and now, now you have to think about what do you want, you want to have, you want to share your talent or you want or you want to make the money that's one thing you know but if you have both you know in my case I've been very lucky because I talk about good stuff but if I talk about bad stuff nobody would like to have me to design a watch or who blow watch because then it's like you know what nobody's gonna buy this watch with the devil in the, in the <laughs> face of the watch right you know, right? You know what I mean? Who would buy that? You know, like, I mean, imagine if you, who would go to a restaurant that you say, oh my God, you gotta go to that restaurant. You're gonna eat the most horrendous food. You're gonna get home. You're gonna have so much stomach ache. Go there. It's amazing. Bring your new, the next date or your wife, your children. Nobody will go there, right? So the idea is that everybody wants to do something that's fun, it's nice, it's memorable. Life is too short. I mean, when you think about, I mean, just come to the world and just live like 
maybe 100, maybe in the future 150, 200 years, who knows, right? Still not a long, a long time. So why we don't fill our lives, you know, with fun stuff, with wonderful things, you know, that we can non-stop. Of course, here and there we have to stop, say, oh my God, there's things out there that's really serious going on, and then you go back to happiness. There's back and forth, and happy and scary, happy and scary, happy and scary all the time. I hope I answer your question. The sci-fi you work at, you walk us through like a daily work routine? Oh, my daily? Oh, God. Okay, now, well, I wake up in the morning, I start working. And then I go to sleep, and then my mind's still working. <laughs> it's different, because a lot of time, people, they're working in the company, and then they have a job from nine to five, I'm not criticize nobody because I'm being very lucky and very blessed that I have this job and I have this, you know, gift. And so I can't disconnect. And it makes a big difference because if you are one day on the beach with your family and there's the opportunity right there in front of you and you say, you know what, I'm not working right now. I'm not going to talk to you. But if you are someone that you, you have that passion, you're going to go and talk about what you do. And then that moment can be a very special one. And a lot of time people disconnect. Now don't bring my phone. I'm in Paris, but I'm disconnected. I'm out of, how would they say, when you see somebody that they like, I'm uh, away from my, I'm away, unreachable by <laughs> internet. And they are in Paris or New York. And did the opportunity come to them, gone. Because basically they're disconnected. I think that's um, very similar to what in, we consider for entrepreneurs as well, where their company might be their own life as well. So in our world, in the world of entrepreneurs, it's very common to, or we advise that mentors are important, right? What's the life of an artist? Do you have people that you go to, to for advice or you know, for relief at least, or for hope? <laughs> Did I ask you a question? Kind of it? Oh, you want specific? Oh God, my day is very complicated. It's never the same for more than a try. One thing that for sure, it happens all the time. I wake up in the morning, I go to sleep. There's always dinner and there's always lunch. So. <laughs> and most of my dinners is always about the business and then that's it. If there's no business, then I'd rather be painting. So. But uh, what do you ask me? That you go to as oh, I'm very, very lucky that I do have, yes. I, you know, here and there when I need somebody to tell me something, I go and ask. Yeah, I have good friends. And how do you think about yourself mentoring others? Do you have artists that come to you for, for that? Or do you have time for that? Do you know, um, in time, you know, artists come to me and they ask a question or something. If I can do it, I would definitely gonna, I tell them. A funny one was this artist that he came and said, Romero, what should I do about my art? And I was like, and, and he, his, his studio was in, at the Art Center in Miami Beach. And then I look at his work, I was like, oh my God, it's not signed. I was like, why you don't sign? Oh, well, I don't like to sign my work. I was like, number one, you need to sign your work. Because think about, if Picasso thought it was in, in, important to sign his work, if Andy Warhol, if Jim Basquiat, and so many other artists, why can't you? So you're already making it difficult for people to even remember your name. So you've got to sign your name. You've got to sign your name right there. You did this piece of art. So I do try to tell people. You know, the other one was this guy that he showed me pictures of horses. And the horses, I asked him how big it was. I was actually living in a restaurant. And then he said, Mr. Brito, you know. I said, please don't call me Mr. Brito. I, I think I'm old, but not that old. <laughs> so, and then I was like, okay, what should I do with my art? And I asked. How big is the piece? Oh, I love doing huge pieces, like huge. And, um, and I asked how much it was. And he was like 30,000, 40,000. I was like, look, if I was you, I would do smaller pieces as well. Because if somebody wants to collect your art because they love, at least you give a chance for somebody to say, you know what, you know, because a lot of times people say, well, should I leave the money in the bank or should I put the man in the wall? And a lot of people think that too. So I told him you should do it smaller too because you're going to give a chance for somebody who 
may not have a big wall or want to spend that much money, but they can still enjoy your work. So why don't you do that? So I mean, I try to, to share something as much as I can. Sometimes I have to be very careful because not everybody's open to suggestion or things like that. So I gotta also, you know, um, be uh, very cautious. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings as well, so. My name is Max. If you're walking around Wynwood, how do you know when something is genius? Like, you say, wow, that's genius. What, what, what's that? It's not me to say genius. How would you help us recognize when art is genius? Everything's genius. Anything about I, I mean, if you're going to go to see a piece of rock, and uh, it just, it's just a pan of so. It's, it's not, not just a pen. There's so many things to make something to happen. It's not sometimes just the piece of art. It's a combination of many things, you know? So I cannot say like, you know, that chair in the middle of the street is not a piece of art because there may be a hundred people in, across the street that think the chair is a piece of art. There you go. You heard about the artist that he did his, he went to the bathroom and put everything inside the can. And, you know, it's a museum out there. So, <laughs> so, you never know, you never know. It's a combination of many things. So, so we have a few more minutes for the last questions. Way back, two and three, yeah. Uh, um, have you ever been starstruck by any of the famous people that you have met? Has any famous person made you nervous or? Were you just overwhelmed that you had the opportunity to meet that famous person? <coughs> oh, okay. Um, I mean, I, I was very excited about seeing the Pope, basically. I was yeah, very happy to see him and to see all these beautiful paintings and that is being done by artists in this room that, you know, I, I never went. So, Which it was very nice. Pope Francis, yeah. Wow. It's great to see him. So um, a lot of times you talk about bigger mass artists getting shafted because they're so hexed down in their work. How did you overcome become very business savvy, uh, having an artistic side of things, but also taking care of your business? You know, knowing the right uh, team to, to represent you, uh, how to market, etc. How did you overcome the, with just being an artist that's just hexed down and not really really good about business side of things, or are you? No, I, I don't understand what you're asking. Okay, I didn't try to clarify this. A lot of times artists, essentially, they're just focused on their work, right? They're not really good about their marketing, about what percentage they should give someone to represent them. How did you navigate all of this earlier on and, you know, to you get to a comfortable place? Well, it's been like a learning, you know, experience because, you know, I, I, as you grow older, you can see children of like middle class and super wealthy people that the kids already exercise in power of seeing their children or their parents telling people what to do, do this or do that, you know. And the first time I had people come to clean my house, it was like very uncomfortable. I felt kind of, you know, it's being like, it, it, it's a whole journey, you know, to learn that. But I think one thing that's super important is that when you have passion for what you do and then you care, you know what I mean? Like if you have a little cat to a dog, you want your cat with food, a clean place, and if you have a child, if you have somebody that you love, or something that you really work hard for. You know, if you have your, your studio, your home, things that you really work hard to get it, so you take care of it. And then you're gonna want to have people around that take care of it, and you pay attention, you know? I mean, if you see my car, I don't have my car full of dents, you know, all over, dirty inside, it's protected. So I protect what I work for, and uh, I love that. So if I see somebody that doesn't protect, I'm gonna tell them, hey, look, you need to protect that. But if you don't protect, I tell a few times, and I say, you know what, maybe you should go to work in Burger King. So. Um, you talked about your team a couple of times. I'm sure that you have a big team. Uh, what's the size of this team, and how is it organized? How is it because I'm sure you have a commercial team, you have a marketing team, uh, maybe logistic or... 
Yeah, it's not a lot of people. I have about 90 people. It's not Nine. 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 Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Nine? Do they ever sleep? <laughs> and, how, and, how is, and how is it structured? No, Catherine does it all. She's there. Uh, she's like emailing the world right now. And you have more commercial people, more artists? No, it's all about the art. It's not about the commercial part. It's just all about the art. Making sure that the art arrives in the gallery, you know, in the collection, or whatever destination the art is going to be going. But before, I used to have like a place that I did my shipping, all my shipping, and I have basically all the framing, and everything is done in house. So I try to do as much as possible in house. And then this studio is not far from here. I have like 50,000 square feet studio here. And we still have a warehouse in other places as well. But you know, it's a, it's a miracle every day when you have a studio and an operation like I do. It's a miracle, yes. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. How do you find your inspiration? What makes you feel, wow, I have to say, here? Yeah. What do you have to say here? All the time. The problem is about the time. Because like, and when I'm here, I cannot paint. But now I go back, energized, I cannot paint even more. Yes. All the time. I have so many ideas, huh? What do you do with energized? What's the magic? What's the magic? Passion. Passion. For what you do. When you have passion for what you do, it makes such a big difference. Yes. And then you, you don't stop. Actually, I just created a piece of art called Can't Stop Loving You. Yeah. It's good. It's a good piece. If you're creating a big installation or a big piece of art, do you have ever privileged help to help you finish something? And if so, at what point do you say, okay, I've done so much, can you just fill in bits like this? Do you ever do that? Yeah, I mean, all the time you need to have people to help. I mean, you cannot do things by yourself. Even Michelangelo, like 500 years ago, he had help. So, you know, I, I'm not scared of getting help. You know. So if you need help, let's get help. And, you know, when I did the Pyramid Hyde Park, I had a lot of help. You know, I just come back from Beirut, I have help. You gotta have, you gotta have help. You know, I mean, there's certain thing. Initially, the main thing is that you have to be the number one to come out with the inspiration, with the drive and everything. Because if you expect other people to come, to have that, that's then then you're out of it. You know what I mean? So you gotta be the guy to or the woman that have the idea, the inspiration, because then it's not like a corporation that okay, the CEO left, the company sold, and then somebody's gonna continue doing it. The artist is the artist, and when the artist is dead, it's gone. All gone. And then there's gonna be art in the hands of other people, you know, and the art becomes something else. very big. I have a lot of things the list. I'll tell you another day because you guys are gonna fall asleep. I do have to tell a joke that's very funny before I leave. Well we told you all the questions asked about dreams right? My aspirations and well, the first one was um, whether you know what you're painting or you just let it. You know it depends. I mean if I have a commission that I'm gonna do for somebody I know I'm gonna do the portrait of the family or painting or whatever so I know initially the, you know, like the idea. And then as the idea goes, it's like a journey when you step out in the world, you know you're going from here to New York, but there's so many surprises that may come from the roads, the airport, arrive in New York. So many things happen out of our control. And then something amazing happens. And a painting comes, a sculpture comes. You never know. But ultimately the direction of going to New York, let's say, but you never know. <laughs> so you need to leave it open. So before we, okay, last one, but that, this is the last one. Okay. You started very young. I was curious if you had mentors, people that really encouraged you, and if you can now work with young artists. I know, I can't believe I'm like, yesterday I was 25, I'm like now 28. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I did not have mentors. I had people that I, got, that I got inspired, you know, things like that. And um, I'm very observant and I, you know, if there's anybody that I think did something special, I feel like, wow, I admire that person because that person did something amazing. Even if it's not an artist, it could be anybody. I mean, there's so many people that I admire. So there's a kind of source of inspiration for me. And um, so I, I wish in the future I'm going to be able to give more of my time to help young artists. But anytime I have to, to pass a, a good word or say something that, you know, that I, I think worked for me, of course I, was gonna, I wanted to share, you know. No problem, yeah. But uh, I want to share a very funny joke with some collectors. And the joke is the fall. This lady comes to the genie and said, Genie, I need your help. And the genie said, I only can help you three times. And then, uh, and everything that I do for you, your husband's gonna get three times. And then she said, okay, it's fine. And then the, the, the genie asked her, what you what you need your first wish and then the lady say i want to win a hundred million dollars and then the genie say okay remember your husband will get 300 and then she say i'm totally fine what's the second wish i would like to be 10 years younger and he said the genie look your husband now has 300 million he's going to be 30 years younger than you and then she say i'm totally fine he deserves it and then the, the third one said, what's your third wish? And she said, I want to have a mild heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny joke. This was a collector who told me. <laughs> anyway, it's so nice to be with you guys. And, uh, Many thanks for your thank time. You. We know you're super busy. And we will be in the lookout for your work with Grupo Cars yes. and the TV show, for sure. Yes. Excellent. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you. connected and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the big idea box hashtag brain food MIA if you haven't yet go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe rate and review the big idea box podcast and remember to always share with a friend